You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it to so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the verse to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause without a man. But you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rainy. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to AV Underground Season 2, the show where we talk to you about what it's like ooh, getting ooh, started ooh. as a content creator and also this season, how to get started on certain types of content creation. Uh, I'm Josh Needham. I am MJ Watson. Hello there. And we are here today with a how to start a podcast episode. So before we jump right into it, I do want to keep the tradition of starting out with uh, how how was last week for you not doing AV Underground? It was it was. It was incredibly strange. I mean, like, because, like, I still recorded Never Made Varsity here, so it was kind of like uh, recorded Never Made Varsity and kind of felt like it was normal, but once I stopped recording Never Made Varsity and it was like, oh, we don't have to record AV Underground this week, that's when it got strange to me. And then it it bled into today, because coming here today, I, for the first time in a while, I was like, do it. why are we podcasting today? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it was, it was kind of similar for me, because as soon as I uploaded This Week in Gaming on Saturday morning before you came over for AV Underground... And then we recorded your podcast, and I don't produce that. You do. Yeah. And then we didn't have to record, and I didn't have to produce another podcast that week. I was like, this this is weird. <laughs> right. What am I going to do with all this time? So, like, I just – I got lazy, and that laziness has really started to carry over into this week. And I'm like, oh, man, but yeah. do we have to do another podcast yeah. again? <laughs> we and we that's hyped like, it up. That's like what we were talking about with uh, – in our retrospective episode was that whole, like, mental weightlifting. You know, we've been doing it for 14 episodes and then for one week you just put the weights down and then the next week it's hard to come back to. But you just got to push through it and then get back into it and it just will become a thing. Yeah. And that's why we're here now. (laughs) So, all right. So we're going to talk to you guys about how to start a podcast. Now, I'd like to preface this by saying we are not the end all be all when it comes to starting podcasts. There are people who have been in this game a lot longer. Uh, There are sources out there that can give you a little more in-depth on some of this stuff. So I would say do what I do, which is don't go with just one source. If you if you want to get into podcasting, take what we've got, build on that. Do more research, look more into it, because you're going to get different opinions from different people, and you're going to have to take a lot of those and kind of put them together into what works for you, because there is no one way that works for everyone. You yeah. know, Everyone's on different platforms. They record differently. They format differently. They have different processes. And they have different reasons for for doing things. So just you know, keep in mind, do do more research on top of this. Don't just listen to yeah. one podcast and say, okay, we're done now. Yes. Yeah. And like, I'll preface this too with, we're we're going to we're really getting into like the basic basics in the sense that we're not necessarily doing this in the sense of like how to help you monetize a podcast or like if someone yeah that's another this, topic. Entirely. This is really about if you're just one of those people who says podcasts sound fun. I want to do a podcast. I've never like done when one you before. started up and you're like I want to have a sports talk show yeah. and here we are. Yeah, exactly. So you started it, made it a thing, and you're still in the beginning stages, but working through it. You're at 23 episodes in. 24. Now. 24? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't remember if it was 23 or 24 yeah. today. But yeah, yeah, so it's been a little while now. You're gaining more steam. You're getting a lot more, you know, into the podcast. I so. have been a lot. These last few episodes I have been. But yeah, but so that's that's our whole point is this is very much a very basic. We're trying to stay basic. We're not trying to get too far into it because, you know, like I said, it could be anyone, anyone with a 
some experience to no experience. This is where we're just trying to get people to help them start. Yeah. So starting off, step one, find yourself a concept. Find something you want to talk about. Now, a lot of people tell you you have to really narrow this down and like, okay, like for me, video games, right? Like I want to talk about video games. Okay, well, what about video games? And like some people want to tell you you got to drill it all the way down to like I'm talking about specifically the PlayStation 4 release of Diablo 3 and that's it. That's all I'm going to talk about all the time. Which is not. And I'm like, no, you can come back out a couple layers. We cover general gaming news, whatever is relevant for the week. When it comes to AV Underground, we were like, we want to talk about the process of content creation. So we stay within that realm. You know, when you come here and listen to AV Underground, you know what you're expecting. You're not like, this isn't where you're going to get your education about the Cold War. You're going to (laughs) come here and you're going to get something about content creation, whether that's art, whether that's uh, podcasting, video creation, whatever it is. And that's the kind of things that we talk about. So we stay within that realm. Watson, you talk about sports. Like yeah. you're you're generally like sports news and opinions. And a lot of that is centered around New England sports because yes, that's exactly. where we're at. But I still delve out into other things. Right. As well. But you have that that kind of focal point where you're like, this is my main topic and I'm going to circle around that. Exactly. You know, sometimes we get off on tangents like the X Games and esports, <laughs> yep. which tie back into sports. But we have to really make it work that way. Yeah. So step one is find yourself a concept. Um, I, I want to say on this too, however – in this, in this whole, like, finding yourself a concept and planning stage that you're going to get to a point where you think you know what you want to do, but that is that is okay. That's what you want. Like, you, you want to have an idea of what you want to do, but don't be afraid to change that and don't be afraid of the fact that your plans can change and things can just be different. Remain versatile. Remain, remain I'm, I'm, I don't have the word for it, but just be accepting of change because you you could have everything planned out in this whole planning stage. You get to your first episode, you record that first episode, then you could come out of it being like, eh, I don't want to do this anyway how I planned it. So that in this stage, it's important to know that you want to find a focus, you want to find a niche, but it's also important to remember that this niche could change or this focus could change or the plan of how we do this could change. So don't don't be afraid of that in this stage. Don't, don't be afraid feel like you have to get married to something right off the bat. There's no reason to. Absolutely like, no reason. It's like to. just with real life. The beginning of your podcast is just like the dating phase of your podcast. You're gonna, it's gonna be awkward. You're gonna be finding things out as you go along. Don't feel like you have to. Like we talked about with uh, Josh Foreman in his interview. Don't feel like you need to create Lord of the Rings right off the bat. It's you, whatever you do. If you're just starting out, you have no experience in podcasting. Be okay with being bad at it to start. Don't feel like, you know, no one's going to put out the first episode of of a podcast and people be like, well, I'm never, ever listening to another episode of your garbage ever again exactly. because your first one wasn't solid gold. So, you know, find find your topic, find your general center and then work off of that. You know, if, if you want to talk about like music and more specifically like band music, like big band music, that kind of thing, like start there and then, like, OK, well, this is how I'm going to tie in uh, you know, just find what you want to do, spend a little bit of time thinking on it, but don't overthink it. Don't, if you're going beyond like a few weeks of trying to pinpoint what you want, what it is you want to podcast about, then get it out of the idea phase, yeah. put, it, put it into the practice phase. Exactly. So to put it into the practice phase brings us to step two, equipment. You're going to need some. You can, unfortunately can't just, uh, talk into the dead air and expect it to get anywhere. And quality content is king content, as they say. Yeah. Quality so, sounding content, I should say. Now, I've I've heard plenty of people that um, record things to their phone, and it it works for some people. I'm not going to recommend that. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're someone who is, like, 
super duper broke, but you have really great ideas, you want to get out there and start a podcast as a last ditch effort, I would say, go ahead, use your phone, record on that. But outside of that, like you, a lot of people, regardless of how good your content is, won't really give you the time of day or listen to your podcast if it's if it sounds tin canny and not well put together. Yeah, it's the number one turnoff. <clears throat> so, especially because if you start if you're doing something on like that on your phone, then the assumption at least too is that it's not going to be edited. So any like silences or mistakes or whatever won't be pulled out of it. Yeah. So it's just it you set up a precedence of the quality of your podcast before you've even started getting really into your thoughts. So there's that. I know a lot of people, when it comes to equipment, if you're looking to do something mobile, there are handheld field recorders that you can get. They're relatively on the, they're on the more expensive side, expensive enough that I haven't bothered to invest in one. But I thought I found some cheaper you can, ones. I mean, they're like one to 200 bucks roughly that I've found. I thought I saw one for like 80 on Amazon, but that maybe that was just, that was just me searching around the internet or something. Could be. Um, I mean, some of the ones that I found that are relatively cheaper, they don't have great reviews. So I try and stay away from things that the reviews are, I read the reviews. I don't just look at the stars, but (laughs) uh, if the reviews that are being written are like well put together, well thought out, they have some really good points of like, please don't buy this. It was, it was bad for these reasons. And I'm like, oh, those are very important reasons. (laughs) You have a point. Then, you know, I'll avoid things, but so when it comes to equipment, there's a couple different ways you, you can go to start out. Um, ideally, you're going to need a computer, whether that's a laptop or a desktop. doesn't matter so much. Just know you're going to need a computer with either like Mac or Windows. I you can't really use a Chromebook for this. I would also say make sure you have like most most do have more, I would say, around eight gigs of RAM. At least I think I'm, I think my laptop does. But I would try and stay in that range. You don't want to. Four to eight. Yeah, four audio to- editing software like we use Adobe Audition for our recording and editing. And that recommends at minimum four gigs of RAM. Okay, so I would so, say four to eight gigs of RAM would be. I feel record. like at the in this day and age, most laptop computers you're going to get will be able to handle it. Yes. Video editing, on the other hand, that's another story. That's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another a whole episode. Other game. But for as far as audio editing goes, you're going to need a computer to start with for equipment. Um, you're going to need microphones, and there's a couple different ways you can go with that. So. What we're using, and we'll have all the the actual equipment linked down in the description below if you want to check out any of it. Um, but we have Behringer microphones, and the thing about the kind of stage microphones we use, they're cheap. Like the microphones themselves are cheap. The XLR cables for them are cheap. The stands are relatively cheap. The thing with cheap micro or cheaper microphones that are like this is that the money you're going to sink into it really goes into your audio board, your mixer board that all these microphones plug into. So, because we had a like $30 Max to Mars audio board that's like a little bit bigger width and, uh, width and depth wise than like my phone. Yeah. But it's a lot thicker. And so it's things like almost handheld, but it doesn't have XLR ports. So we were using a quarter inch amplifier jack essentially um, for all of our our plugs and whatnot. We yeah. didn't, we couldn't use these microphones because of that. Exactly. We had worse microphones, which didn't sound great. And then we had upgraded to a Behringer Xenix 1202, something like that. Um, I don't remember. We don't have it anymore because we, we upgraded again because that one, it had the XLR ports that we needed, but it didn't give us enough real control. It didn't have an on-off power switch, and it didn't ventilate heat very well. So it, I felt like the thing was just going to fry on me. 
Yeah, which is not which is not something that you want. Yeah. Um. So now we've upgraded to a Mackie Pro FX8, which I'll also have linked in the description. I'll have all of them linked, but. So a lot of your funding, though, when it comes to equipment, if you're getting microphones like this, is going to be going into your audio board. Now, depending on – we needed something like this because we have a four-microphone setup. Yeah, and Because our, our podcast for gaming news as well as our live streams for charity and whatnot that we run here in our studio, we needed to have multiple microphones. We couldn't deal with just one or two. It gets cheaper on the audio board end if you only need something like a Scarlet um, Scarlet's an audio interface that you can get plugs into your computer and it'll take one or two XLR cables depending on which model you get. And that'll allow you to use a, a quote-unquote cheaper or a less expensive microphone yes. like what we're using, the Behringer microphones. And you can still get a good sound quality out of those mics because that's still what they're built for. But yeah, that's that's how you would set it up with that kind of – you. That to, kind of equipment. I'm trying to think how to work. The, like you get you get a great sound quality out of Scarlet's actually, but you do. It's just it makes it harder on the editing process later. No, actually, I don't even. Not really. Once yeah. you, it's a lot more figuring out technical stuff. Yes, that's really what it's it is. a lot more figuring out the adjustments because even we we had talked about on episode 14 that I felt the only issue, the, my biggest issue with our podcast was that I had this hiss when I listened to it, and I noticed it. I solved yeah. it. Yeah, I solved it because I realized. You know, thinking back to my audio courses, you have to understand signal flow in order to really like get your way into this. And it's taken me forever and I've taken classes in this subject. So but so I figured out what was going on. I had a lot of things that should have been amplified that are in the beginning stages of the signal flow. And I was amplifying everything in post. So it was just making everything sound garbled and exactly. not great. And even though even though the settings weren't great, if you guys go back and listen to like season one of AV Underground, it still sounds pretty darn good. For you know, for what we're working with, yeah. and now I think it sounds even better, considering we haven't changed equipment. The only thing I have changed is the settings on the board. Yes. So understand that if this is something that you're going to do, and you're going to go the route of like stage mics with the XLR cables, with mic stands, with an audio board, that you're going to want to take at least a few lessons in signal flow and learn your board. Yes. Don't just think, okay, I can plug everything in and it's all going to be great. Understand like how the different channels work and all that other kind of fun stuff that goes along with audio mixing. Because understanding how the board is set up and understanding what the different tweaks do. One of the big things that people, um, one of the big mistakes people make in audio is making adjustments to source audio. And for whatever reason, the brain thinks louder sounds better. So just because you've made something louder doesn't make it sound better, but you think it does. It may make it sound a lot worse. So then you have to compare the original with, you know, what you've what you've created. <laughs> if you're not so much into the like when I started out, I was like, okay, I, I could afford the microphones and the cables and maybe a stand, but I didn't have the have it in my budget to get an audio board or a mixer board. Nor did I have like the real estate really on my desk. Yeah, exactly. At the time. Because I bought my first microphone back in like 2014. I wanted to get into voiceover stuff. And I was like, I need something that sounds clean. I need something. It really just needs to be for me. I'm not going to have guests. I'm not going to have other people in here talking with me. It's just going to be me doing my own voiceover stuff. And for that, there's a couple of different options for USB microphones. Now, I ended up going ahead and buying because the audio, the voice acting course that I took used a Blue Yeti microphone. Yep. And it sounded really good when they played it back. And it's one of those things that like I got it. And if you've never heard your voice as it sounds to everyone else, it's very strange when you first hear it back. Yeah. 
but I would recommend highly the Blue Yeti mic. There are a lot of Let's Players and streamers that still go by that, even though there are more, some that use a more expensive XLR, like radio studio microphones that give you a better, deeper, richer quality to your voice. But a lot of people, I think, are they understand that the Blue Yeti, for what it is, it runs around $100 to $120, depending on if you find yeah. a sale on it or where you get it from. But it has a bunch of different settings, like different pickup patterns. So you can have it separated between left and right channels. You can have it so it's picking up audio all around. You can have it so it's just picking up what's in front of it. If you're going to pick up a Blue Yeti, please, please, please check the pickup patterns when you get it and understand how to talk to it because the microphones that people are used to using you see people use on stage like singers you talk into essentially the top of the microphone Basically, which yes. is what we're doing now that's the pickup pattern these microphones have blue yeti is almost counterintuitive because you're talking to the logo on the front of it essentially exactly which is really weird because that's how that particular microphone works you're going to get better audio quality doing it that way and it's a little awkward to get used to at first because you want to talk into the top but so usb microphones Blue Yeti would be my high recommendation and because every, I've used it. Yeah, and everywhere else, like I did a little bit of research while doing this, like see what other people are saying on how to start a podcast, and that's probably the number one mic I'm seeing around. Is everyone, every everyone who says that you should start a podcast says if you want to start a podcast, Blue Yeti is the is the perfect mic for you to go with. Blue Yeti is an amazing microphone. Yes. Um, I would recommend if you're going to get a Blue Yeti get a mic stand that is also compatible with the Blue Yeti. Mm -hmm. uh, the microphone stands that I actually have linked are also Blue Yeti compatible. It's the different size screw that goes into the bottom of a Blue Yeti as goes into uh, some other types of microphones. But all the stands that I have bought also work with my Blue Yeti. The reason I recommend that is because the stand that comes with the Blue Yeti is a very hefty stand. It's very nice. But you set it on your desk and it will pick up every little hum that if your computer is on your desk or touching your desk, it'll pick up the system fan hum. This microphone is incredibly sensitive and it's mm -hmm. very good at what it does, but it will pick up every tap will sound like a roar of thunder coming from your desk. I know because I've had this issue before. If you bump it, you can hear it. You hear every little thing and everything that like vibrations are amplified that like, you wouldn't believe. And it's very difficult in post to try and deal with that stuff especially if you're just starting out. So my recommendation would be to invest in a decent mic stand and put it on a mic stand. That yeah. makes it a lot easier because then it's not contacting a lot of other things yeah. and you can just use it that way. So for, and like just going off on like in the whole equipment thing in general and like we, like we've given you some recommendations for like mics. I don't know if you have more equipment that you want to get into, but uh, not physical equipment so much. Yeah. Like you got your computer, you got your mics, but yeah, like because like my whole thing is like with all this is like like we said, you can get a soundboard to have just to you can just get a mic and a laptop, or you can get a soundboard at it. My thing with all this is especially for someone because me and Josh have taken audio classes, so this is this is a little different for us. This is like you know this is what we want to do. There are plenty of people out there who haven't taken audio classes that may want to have a podcast. My advice for you is like what Josh said: know the board, but in general, tr know your equipment and get and get comfortable with it before you record because I'm, I'm not saying that you can't record while not being comfortable with your equipment but not being comfortable with what you're using for equipment and recording is just going to add to the stress and I'm I don't want to say it's stressful because it should be fun to start a new podcast but that first episode is a stressful thing and you're just adding more to it if you don't know your equipment that well so that's just with all this equipment that we say make sure like me and Josh recommended the Blue Yeti and there's plenty of things that we'll recommend to you 
but do your own research and make sure you'll be comfortable with it. Because me and Josh may be comfortable with things that you aren't. And that's that'd be my main advice with this whole equipment thing is to remember with all this. Just it's important to be comfortable with what you're working with. Absolutely. Uh, another thing that I do want to bring up because I think it's something that we've talked about it before a little bit, but I want to. I think it's important to wrap into our podcast episode is soundproofing. Don't feel pressured to go out and buy all sorts of acoustic foam and line your room with it and like oh i have to have the studio has to be exactly this and feeling like you have to have essentially markiplier studio set up in order to sound good i've said it before and i'll say it again my studio has no acoustic treatment whatsoever and it works great we we are and one of the tips i would recommend i'm less than a hand's length away from my microphone why because the way that i have my settings and the audio board and everything going through, I want to make sure that I'm as close to the mic as I can be without eating the microphone so that it's picking up as much range as possible without picking up a lot of background noise. As you get farther away, and you'll notice the same thing on a Blue Yeti mic, as you get farther away from the microphone, you have to increase the gain so that it can pick up from farther away. And as it tries to do that, it's picking up a lot more room tone. I also have a lot of um, clutter around my room. I'm just going to go ahead and call it clutter. I have like <laughs> shelves with action figures and foam swords and posters on the walls and scrolls and shelving and like computers and all sorts of other stuff all over the place. So there's no like flat surfaces that I'm really going to get much bounce back as far as audio goes. If you're in a big room, like in big, say you got your garage and this is going to be my new audio studio. Uh, if you have a garage, like I would say for fun, Go ahead, put up some shelves and put up some knickknacks and that kind of stuff because that's going to help to dampen the reverberation and take a lot of the echo out of it. If you're really looking to just like, I have a garage and its only purpose is going to be podcasting. I don't care what it looks like. I just need something that's going to dampen audio. Uh, look up moving blankets. That's another thing I can I can recommend because we've I've had a chance to work with them, but I don't use them in my studio. Again, don't feel pressured like you have to go out and do this. They also make these little self-contained – I'm going to see if I can find one. I'll link it in the description below. I used to have one saved for my um, my own production use. It's essentially a self-contained box for recording. It's like uh, if you recall when you used to have science fair projects and you had the phone – like the three, th- three-way folding board. Yeah, yeah. It's like – that but shorter hmm. and it's all lined with acoustic foam oh right so right. you just put it on the other side of your microphone like if you're using a blue yeti it's you the blue yeti and then this is the backing for that so that your voice isn't reverberating off of anything and making it back to the mic that makes sense, yeah. it's like a self-contained audio booth and it's kind of huh. neat that's actually interesting i I've, I've seen them but i've like like you i haven't well i've i haven't used them but i've seen them and I've never had one of my own, but I don't know, it feels like it'd be useful. I actually might have to get I might have to get one myself now. It definitely helps if you're looking for a really muted, a very clean tone, but you don't want to spend the money on like exactly acoustically treating your entire space. Um, We're all about saving that money here. But yeah, exactly. I've everything that I do, I try and save money on because I understand that not everyone has like a budget you can just throw money at. Yeah. You know, you're not, oh, my budget's unlimited. Money doesn't matter to me. And then, okay, well, then in that case, like go talk to NPR, have them come out and set up your podcast studio, ideally. <laughs> like that, that'd be great. Uh, if if you're at that point, then look up some really high-end microphones. But understand that your understanding and your ability to use the equipment is going to be a bigger player in the podcast game than the quality of the equipment you're using. Again, we use cheap Behringer mics because they were a really affordable way to get into it. And we've been able to make it sound really crisp and good with 
you know, inexpensive microphones. Don't feel like you need to go out and buy a $10,000 studio mic because sometimes that's going to sound worse because they're so sensitive that they'll pick up things you don't want them to pick up. And now you're trying to edit things out that you never thought we'd have to edit out. And, you know, lower end mics don't pick that stuff up. Yeah. So, you know, price is it's a factor of what you can spend, not so much uh, you get what you pay for. You know, brands like Audio Technica are brands that are generally pretty inexpensive to buy into, but the quality you're going to get out of Audio Technica, out of Behringer, they're things that if you're a snob in the audio world, you're probably looking down on like, oh, Audio Technica. <laughs> but I've heard some great things and I had great experiences with both Audio Technica and Behringer yeah. equipment. Me as well. So, you know, don't feel like you have to go out and spend a lot of money, but that's my my recommendations on microphones. Well, Now, if you want to get a USB microphone, not the Blue Yeti, because maybe I don't have $120 to spend on it. Blue, the brand, also makes a Blue Snowball. Yes. Which, it's a lot, a little more expensive, right around 60 to 80 bucks, depending on the day and if they have any sales going on. It's a round microphone. I love the look of it. They are adorable. <laughs> Me too. That's kind of why I want one. <laughs> like, I want one, but there is a noticeable audio change from the Blue Snowball and to the Blue Yeti. Yes. Um, for those that want a reference point, I do believe, yeah, uh, Josh Foreman, when we did his interview, his recording was done on a blue snowball. Oh, okay. I, I felt, cause I felt it sounded when I, different. When I did I the tech tell. setup with him, we were talking about it and he was talking about the settings for his microphone and he said he had a blue mic and I was like, oh, is it a Yeti or a snowball? And I, I believe, now don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he said it was a snowball because we were talking a little bit about the differences between the Yeti and the snowball. The blue Yeti has a lot more that you can do with the settings as far as pickup patterns, gain, amplification, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Whereas the snowball is very much just like plug it in and you've got mm. settings one, two, and three, and they don't tell you what any of those do. Yeah. So yeah, because that's what it was. We were switching through. This is setting one. This is setting two. This is setting three and seeing which one sounded better yeah, yeah. coming through my end and then having him record. So, but moving on as far as equipment you're going to need, you need a computer, you need a microphone, and you're going to need something to record onto, that being software. So pretty much any, if you Google search how to start a podcast, you're going to find a lot of people that just go download Audacity. And Why? You know because what? Audacity is free. Audacity is a free software that you can use. It's strictly for audio editing. It's very, it's very good for what it is. I unfortunately, and I've said this before, have gotten so into Adobe Audition that I'm spoiled and now I can't really go yes. back to, I can't go back to Audacity and be competent in it because it's so different now. See, and like, here's the thing, as someone who's still using Audacity right now, but I'm like, I'm going to transition to Adobe eventually. And I come from an avid background and a, a Final Cut background and like things like that. <laughs> Audacity is great and it can do everything you need it to do, but it's not exactly, I don't want to call it not user friendly, but it's not exactly, it, it's not exactly organized. That's the thing about Audacity is it's not organized as well as Adobe and as other things to where you can get lost and you can get very confused if you don't know what you're, or if you haven't had experience with other pro software. And like, that's like, that's the real problem with it. Is it Audacity it, is, it's very much like a Swiss army knife yes. of like, if you don't already know how to use these tools and how they function, good luck. Then all you have is a, just a, a thing in your pocket is all you have. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Cause they, I mean, they have noise reduction, noise removal, but they don't explain a whole lot of how to use it. You have to mm -hmm. actually like find some tutorials and then they start getting into, okay, you need 10, 10 to 15 seconds of room tone, which is just me not talking. It's just silence to get the tone of the room, highlight that. Then you have to go into noise reduction or noise room, noise cancellation and then select um, 
use sample or something along those lines. I don't know the exact terminology anymore. And then you have to go back out and then select the entire recording, then go back into noise removal and then say remove noise from selection. Yeah, okay. And then Huge it's using thing. that sample to remove that background tone from the entire audio clip. And yeah. it's going to take some time to do it. Doing that in audition, <laughs> one button, adaptive <laughs> noise reduction. Snap your fingers. It, it is programmed to find the bits. I, even if you start your podcast talking and then you take like a three second silence. It's able to, within those three seconds, be like, this is talking, this is talking, this is silence, grab that room tone, remove it from everything. And it can do it almost live It's if you're as you're listening to it's it. Incredible. It's incredible. And so as far as software goes, Audacity is a good starting point if you don't have, like, if you don't have a lot of knowledge in audio production. Yes. And there's also a ton of can, tutorials for Audacity. You can also use, to my knowledge, now I haven't done it myself but I'm going to put it out there in case it's something someone else wants to look into. Um, on If it's something that you, you're like, I don't really want to use Audacity, but I can't afford a license for Adobe to use Audition, so I need another option. Uh, alternatively, Blackmagic Design has DaVinci Resolve, which is a, a video editor slash audio editor slash compositor. It does a lot of things, and I'm told that you can use it for audio editing. So if it's something that you want to check out, you can check that out. Just look up DaVinci Resolve and it should bring you to the Blackmagic Design site. For me, I'm just so used to Adobe software that it's not something that I wanted to spend a lot of time learning, so I didn't bother with it. Yeah, exactly. My recommendation, of course, would be Adobe Audition. I love Adobe Audition. <laughs> I do pay, we pay monthly for our license for Adobe, so it does cost money. It's one of those, uh, if you're absolutely serious about podcasting, and this is going to be something that you try to make a, a career out of, then, you know, take the time and invest in yourself, both on the equipment end and on the software end to make it happen. You know, it's one of those, that's a lot of how I justify my, my acquisitions for the studio space and stuff, because a lot of it is fun stuff, right? Like, you know, buying new stuff for you know, making our podcast better. It's super fun when you get a new audio board in the mail or a new mixing board and yeah, you're like, Oh my God, I can't wait to set this up. Right. It's essentially, it feels like a new toy, but at the same time, I have to realize that I made this investment because it's something I'm trying to pursue. And if I'm not going to invest in me, why should anyone else? Exactly. Right. So if you are serious about it, you really want to get into it. um, I would recommend checking out Adobe Audition. It's very simple to use. And I've had a lot of a lot of good experience with it. If if you don't mind me asking, what what is the how much do you pay for a license of uh, Adobe monthly? Because I, I think I, with the student discount, it's around like thirty thirty five a month for the entire cloud suite. It's going to end up going up. Yeah, exactly. After that, uh, when we no longer have the student discount, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's you can license individual pieces of software for I think ten to twenty a month. Yeah. So you could probably I I'm not going to quote that, but it should be about ten or twenty dollars a month if you. Okay, I just want to go out to Adobe's site and I want to just license Audition. I don't need Premiere. I don't need Photoshop. I don't need Lightroom. Just give me Audition and let me record my stuff. Yeah. Then that itself is actually pretty cheap. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it, it might not be cheap for some people. Exactly. It, and if that's the case, then that's why like Audacity is there. That's why Blackmagic Designs there. Uh, you can check those out and give those a whirl. Yeah. Again, really, what it's going to come down to is like there are professionals that are still using Audacity which is beyond me because I just don't like it. <laughs> God bless But it's him, one yeah. of those things. If you learn it and you know it inside and out, then you're eh, fine. Good it's, for you. You know, you're making the best with what you know how to use. And that's what, that's what matters. So 
moving on from now you've got everything together. All right, you've got your concept down. You've got your equipment, your computer, your microphone, your editing software. You are good to go. So now in your concept too, I'm going to tie back into that just a little bit is figuring out how you want to format your show. You know, with This Week in Gaming, we have a, okay, well, because of the way I run our network, it starts off with the station tag. You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. So people know what they're listening to. And then with This Week in Gaming, as I'm listening to and editing the podcast, I'll find a bit that I find funny taken out of context. I'll clip that and I'll copy that right to the beginning. So now you've got a bit that come, is going to show up later on in the podcast of us talking about something. And then that fades out into our intro music. And then the intro music fades out into our welcome to This Week in Gaming uh, show where we talk about what happened this week in gaming and we go on from there. And then, you know, partway through, I know we don't do direct branded advertisements. We don't have like, oh, insert ads at this point in my podcast. What we do is we make our own advertisements for our own stuff. You know, we run through Patreon. We do stuff for charity and whatnot. So we've had like, okay, well, let's make some of our own weird commercials, quote unquote, for our own stuff and when we separate the podcast because we start off with who's been playing what the last week what games are coming out next week then we take a break where we insert those so we're like we'll be right back after this break and then we come back from the break and we jump into news and during that break we're throwing in our our ad spots and at the end of the podcast we have credits now you don't have to go that crazy with it this is something that we've done over time because it used to be when episode one of uh, this week in gaming came out it was just clip from the middle of the podcast, stuck at the beginning, opening music, entire podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we didn't have a pre-recorded uh, outro or credits at the end of our podcast back then. It was just we got to the end of our topic and we were like, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Until then, game on. And then it would cut. We had no outro music, nothing. So like, don't feel like you need to have all this stuff going into it starting off, but have a rough understanding of how you want to work it. You know, do you want breaks in there? Do you want an intro? Do you want intro music? And if you do want intro music, now you're looking at, I would check out the free music archive and make sure to plug credit at the end of your episode for whatever music you're using. AV Underground uses Nine to Thrive by Kala, which I found, and it's, it's free to download, free to use. But I want to make sure that I'm also, out of respect, driving people. If you like our intro music, you want to hear the rest of the song, you want to hear the rest of this guy's music, like, you can go and check him out. Here's his website. So that way people can find him. You know, it's a lot of, like, cross-promotional type stuff. Dude works really hard to make music. I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, no, uh, I don't know what song that is. <laughs> you, I don't know. I just like the sound of it. Color? Uh, like the fish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so think a little bit, too, about how you want the the format to lay out and work that in as you go along. That's going to be a lot of what am I capable of with my audio software? You know, you don't want to put too much work on yourself to the point where your podcast isn't going to get done. Think, am I going to have a weekly podcast, a biweekly podcast? It's a monthly thing. Don't jump right into it and tell yourself you're going to have a daily podcast. Just don't. There are some people <laughs> that can do that and bless them like <laughs> god bless their heart wow we do two <laughs> weekly podcasts and even that is like a little bit of a stretch especially if you're still working a day job yeah i mean if you're living at home in mom's basement you've got plenty of time and nothing else to do then i mean do what you want to do i'm not going to stop you yeah but i'm trying to also cater to the people that are like hey you know i work a full-time job and i have a family but i also want to start a podcast so like just know that you're going to need to maintain consistency is the thing, whether that's weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever it is. 
and go from there. Are we've already have we already discussed just the general recording, like the recording process of like getting into like just should we talk about that or should we just get? Straight? I mean, actually, yeah, we can. Yeah, I feel like we should talk about that, like in the sense that, in the sense that, like obviously, going into recording when you have all your equipment and you get everything together, it's just a matter of really hitting the record button in front of you and setting it all up. So, but there's just well, actually, I feel like with room tone, we already talked about this, but there's just a few things I feel like you should do in the recording process to help you make it better. You should do a pre-recording, not a pre-recording of like an advertisement, but literally right before you're about to record record something to make sure you sound what you and play it back to make sure you sound what you want to sound like. actually yeah that's really important because we've had times especially if you just installed a new audio mixer or something uh, i've had times where the recording software i'm using will default and to an internal microphone in my desktop i don't know where there's an internal <laughs> microphone in my desktop and so it can make you feel like, whoa, I just spent all this money on this stuff. Why does it sound like I'm yelling in a tin can from across the room? And it's because the audio, like your input for your audio hardware isn't set proper. So, you know, if you're, it's, if, especially if it's your first episode, like we don't do that anymore. Like once we have the setup in and it's going, I don't check the recording anymore when we start unless either A, my audio levels aren't where they usually are when I'm looking at them on the software or on my board. Or two, I have unplugged and plugged something else back in, whether yeah. I've upgraded a hardware piece of my computer, even if it doesn't relate to like my audio setup. Like I just I got new RAM, so I put new RAM in. But usually for that, you're disconnecting everything. Uh, maybe not with a laptop, but you know, I'm disconnecting everything from the back of my PC. I take the whole thing apart, I put a new piece in, I put it all back together. And I found that for whatever reason, this board goes out. It's a USB out. So everything goes into the board. The board has a USB that runs out to the computer. And every time that USB gets plugged into a different USB port, it installs a totally new driver for mm -hmm. it. And then it becomes USB audio codec. <clears throat> At first, it was USB audio codec 1. And now I'm on USB audio codec 3. And every time that happens, I have to change the input both on uh, audition and like my other apps that use it like discord for voice chat so i have to keep moving things around and it's it's a little frustrating yeah but definitely do an audio check and make sure that you're getting the quality you expect out of whatever it is you're using whether that's a blue yeti whether that's you know regular microphones through a mixer whether it's through a scarlet whatever your your deal is yeah and like we we already talked about it preparing for room tone but just another basic thing of recording and this is from before you record save your file <laughs> and especially make sure you save it as because it's you're just asking for a lot of troubles if you don't save your file beforehand and so i really have nothing other to explain other than i've had many instances editing audio and not saving my file beforehand and watching it all go up and smoke right before my eyes and there is not more of a helpless feeling <laughs> than when you watch your audio just all your audio recording go up in flames because you didn't save as so that's just, it, I only really, because with the recording process, there really isn't anything you can do other than get in there and record and however you format your show, you know, you, you record your show. But with recording, there are a few things you need to remember. And I just felt like we need to, I felt like we need to get into that before we get into the whole exporting to software kind of sort of thing. Yeah. I don't have much else to really say on the, like the recording thing. Aside yeah, exactly. from do a test recording. Do Definitely do a test recording, please. Test recording, room tone, saving. That's like those are like yeah. the three basic things you should remember with recording. Don't no matter how many times you do it or how used to how getting used to you do to it, 
do those three things. Just make sure, just just do it. All right. I have no I have no other advice than what Nike says. Just do it. Just, just do it. Um, shoot, I just had something on that too. Uh, <sighs> as far as oh, that was the thing is if you, anyone who's done creative writing will know that some people will tell you if you're going to start creative writing, just and you're sitting there staring at the blank page, which is the same if you're sitting there staring at your blank audio recording interface. Hit record and start talking and realize that, okay, our first few minutes might just be blabbing. But if you expect to just hit record and start going immediately into whatever it is you're doing, you're going to put too much pressure on yourself and you're probably just not going to hit record. What we end up doing here for both podcasts that I produce is I'll hit record and I'll be like, all right, we're recording. What do we want to talk about? And sometimes we have two minutes of just yammering about whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 just run into this. Welcome back, everyone. And then we go from there. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid because you can cut that beginning piece out. No one needs to no one needs to know about that until you reveal it in one of your episodes where you're talking about exactly. making podcasts. That's what you just need to use to get so. you into the mindset. There's nothing wrong with it at all. And like yeah. the thing is what you were saying earlier, like coming taking back a step, how you take out funny bits out of context in your podcast. Let me tell you. The perfect little gold mine for that kind of thing is what we just mentioned. Yep, those first <laughs> few minutes. We yeah. actually have um, how when you and I started doing the we'll be right back after this break when we separated our interview and beginning pieces and we would just sit in silence for like 10, 15 seconds and then jump right back in. With this week in gaming, we started we'll be right back after this break and then we'll just like make comments or whatever back and forth and then – be like, all right, it's been a little bit, little chunk now. I just need to have something so that I can look at the waveforms and know, okay, this is where my break was. Yes. So I have a few seconds of silence so I can look for that because there's generally not much silence in our podcast otherwise. <laughs> and so that I can find it. But then I cut that whole piece out to use, you know, ad space, quote unquote ad space, uh, our own advertisements get popped in there. But then I take all the little stupid things we said during that break time and I move them to the end post credits. So people who are like listening to the podcast, they get to the end and they're like, why is there still two minutes left of this podcast? I'm listening to the end credits right now. And then you stick on and all of a sudden where it's just it's all out of context or self-contained, depending on what we're like yammering about. Sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with anything and it's just there. Yeah. And I'm like, but I also think it's kind of fun. It's one of those neat exactly. things that like, you know, for people who don't care about it, you don't have to hear it. You hear the end credits. OK, done with this podcast. See you later. But for people who are like. I feel like it brings a little bit more of a personal connection for people who listen exactly. to us that are like, I want to know more about these guys and they sound super cool. So like, it's, it's there for them to just hear what we talk, what we sound like when we're quote unquote, not on mic. So, so yeah. And then, uh, as long as you have nothing else to add on that, I'll hop yeah. into hosting. I think, yeah, I think because hosting, I step. think is hosting is another issue that a lot of people come across with. Well, where do I host my podcast? Obviously everyone wants their podcast on Google and iTunes. But you don't really directly host through Google and iTunes. They get exported to Google and iTunes through an RSS feed, which I'll get into in a little bit. So we're going to start out with if you search like how to host my podcast or podcast web hosting, that kind of stuff, where you can – it's essentially like the audio version of YouTube. You're looking for somewhere to upload your audio to once it's done so it can be living there and hopefully find listeners. So a lot of people have gone to SoundCloud for this. I started on SoundCloud. We did our first like – 30 40 episodes on soundcloud of this week in gaming and even our first i think couple episodes of av underground were on soundcloud but with soundcloud their free version you get two hours of time to upload 
And once you've surpassed two hours worth of content, you have to start removing older content to make room for newer content. And it's not necessarily that that's bad. Like we figured, oh, that's not that's not really a terrible thing because we do gaming news. So after like say it takes us four four episodes to get to a full two hours. It used to because we used to do half hour episodes. So it would take us four episodes to get to our two hour mark. And then we had to start removing older episodes. And we're like, it's not a big deal because the stuff's not relevant anymore. So no one really cares. But it's also removing older episodes that people could potentially find your podcast through. Yeah, exactly. So now they're not there anymore. So you can use SoundCloud if you want to, but I would not recommend it. There is a paid version of SoundCloud that's, I think, like $112 for the year where you can have an unlimited upload space. But SoundCloud's not really – in my opinion, SoundCloud is not where you want to go to host your podcast because SoundCloud is more music people. It's more people that are, like, working on – whether it's background music, symphony stuff – um, stuff that they're composing themselves. It's a lot more music-based as opposed to podcast-based. When it comes to podcasting, you want to try and get yourself on a platform that's going to be very centered around what you're doing, which is podcasting. And there's a few different places you can go for that. Uh, I'm going to give you two examples in this. There's a lot more out there that I haven't really bothered with. The one that I trust the most right now and the one that I've been enjoying the most is Podbean. Now, Podbean, in the same way as uh, SoundCloud, Podbean actually doesn't have a a free uploader version. Like you can download Podbean and use it as a listener as much as you want. That's fine. But if you're a content creator through Podbean, you're paying for a subscription one way or another. And you can do that monthly or you can do that yearly. Now we chose to do yearly, so it's about $108. So it was $4 cheaper than SoundCloud for a full 12 months, full year. And that gives you unlimited upload space. That gives us the ability to view our statistics, to view like episode download frequencies, like what episodes have been downloaded more, where our listeners are listening from. So we know if they're on, are they on iTunes? Are they on Google? Are they listening through Windows Media Player? Are they listening on the plugin on my website? Are they listening on Podbean directly? Is it a mobile phone? Is it a computer? Like where are they listening from? So you get a lot of insight to how people are listening to your podcast and you can use that to help tailor yourself to, okay, well, how's this going to be better for people like if 98% of my audience is listening to my podcast on their phone cool well now I know what they're what they're using I know they're probably not using like a studio headset at home listening to this podcast they're probably like plugged it in their car or they're listening through earbuds or whatever it is so you know I can always make sure well all right if I'm going to listen back to this I'm going to listen back to it through my phone through my car which I do anyway and make sure that if their listening experience is this. How does that sound to me? Do I get a good user experience out of it? The other hosting site, and I'm going to put this with a a warning as well, is Anchor. For anyone who <laughs> knows Casey Neistat, which is like most people who are in the content creation world, his podcast that he recently started, um, Couples Therapy with his wife, Candace. <clears throat> they run through Anchor, and he talks about Anchor all the time and what a great service it is. And I don't doubt that, but I was checking out Anchor before we got into this because I wanted to look into other options for podcast hosting, and I was going to see how much Anchor costs. Anchor is free. Unlimited upload space for free. Very user-friendly from what I'm seeing of it. Yes. <clears throat> now, what I'm going to get into a little bit with you that you're going to have to understand while you're looking for a podcasting platform is the difference between a free service and a paid service. Now, it's not so much the services they offer you that change drastically because Anchor offers a lot of interesting services like the ability to receive voicemail comments and 
the ability to export to iTunes, Google Play, and other platforms. It's also free, which is a huge pull. Uh, they have a lot of that stuff that Podbean also has where you can check your statistics, see where and how people are listening to your podcast. The differences really come in how the companies will use what you're putting out there. So I've got actually before this episode, I took a little while and read through some of the longest run on sentences of my life going through the terms of service for Anchor and for Podbean. Now, something that I make a habit of doing before I sign up for things because I really want to know that I'm not getting into some shady, some shysty crap, whereas like <laughs> I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble. So there are a couple of things that I wanted to look at. And the two main ones you want to look at when you're getting into a podcast platform is one, what are my rights with my content? Okay, like what are my rights as far as if I upload this, do I own it still? Does the podcasting site own it? It was a big thing people got into with Facebook and their whole, when you upload a picture to Facebook, Facebook owns that and can use it in any way they yeah, want. Yeah. So now with Podbean, their terms of service, as far as your content goes, you own all the rights to your own content and Podbean requests the rights to use your content only in ways that make sense for getting your message out there. Obviously it has to archive your stuff in case of a database like crash or something happens because they have to be responsible for storing your content. No one wants to, oh, well, they didn't make any backups because I want to be the only one who has copies of my podcast. And then there was a massive issue at the server side. And now all my podcasts are gone. Yeah, I wasn't saving them. What the heck, Podbean? So like they have to have certain abilities to do certain things with your podcast. They need the right to share it. They need the right to create a hyperlink. They need the right to put that out and have it indexed on search engines. They need the right to archive things. It's just one of those things, the more you get into it and the more you like, even like with other platforms, the more you work with the stuff, the more you realize it's just how it is. And like, I don't want to yeah. say that in a narrow term, in terms of like, that's just oh, how no, things definitely. work. That's just there, how things work. There's the common things that you see across all things. And that's why I thought was interesting going through the terms of service for a paid um, podcast host versus a free podcast host. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and vilify Anchor here. No, no. Because no. It's not what this, that's not what the point of this is. There are plenty of people who are going to use Anchor and have a great time using it and be fine with what they're doing. So where Podbean uses your content only for the reasons that would make sense because you're paying them money. They, they're making their money through essentially through you and trying to help you make your podcast as good as it can be. And then through Anchor, their terms of service, you retain all rights and ownership to, to your user content. Now, their license grant gets into a lot more of things that they can do as far as Anchor is concerned. And this is where it gets a little concerning. Yeah, it's, they get into all the technical terms of like, you grant us worldwide, non-exclusive, perpetual, royalty-free, fully paid up, sub-licensable and transferable license to use, edit, modify, including the right to create derivative works of and it's a lot of legalese. This is a really long thing that just gets into it. But it's basically saying that once you've uploaded the content, you still own it. But you're also giving Anchor the right that if they're going to make an ad, say they're going to make a, a commercial for Anchor and what a great place it is. They don't have to really ask people who are uploading podcasts to Anchor. Hey, can I use a clip from your podcast to put in this commercial that's going to be played on a Pandora radio spot? Hey, can I use your content for this, that, whatever? You're essentially, because it's free, you're giving up a few of your, your liberties and your rights to your content. Now, reading through this, you still own your content. You're still the person who has rights to your content. It's not like you're completely signing it over. 
but at the same time, you're also giving them a lot of liberties as far as what they can do with that content. So just be aware of that going into it. If you're going to use a free service, there's probably a reason that it's free. Exactly. And it's because they have to work on trying to make their money other elsewhere, essentially. You know, none of the stuff that you're going to do as far as hosting goes is going to be free for everyone. You know, no one can just set up a server and be like, yep, this is just going to be this is going to cost no money to run. Because you're still paying for like internet and electricity, if nothing else, even if you got like the server itself for free and yeah, whatever it may be. So free that's my, is for me, but it's not for all of us. That's my thing. And now I've also heard things of with Anchor of if you get into issues with copyright infringement and things like that, they get into legal trouble and Anchor gets sued. That falls back on the creators. Yes. And from what I'm reading through the terms of service, it's pretty similar as far and cut and dry as far as both Anchor and Podbean are concerned. You own the rights to your podcast. If you violate copyright, if you have copyright infringement within your episodes, that's on you because they can't be responsible for every individual thing that goes up on their site because mm -hmm. otherwise they're going to be a lot more expensive because now Podbean or Anchor or whoever you're using is going to have to have someone scan through every single episode or you know they're going to have to run software like YouTube does to check for copyright issues yeah. and that can get pricey. That gets annoying because now they're inconveniencing their user base because now their user base has to kind of like the way YouTube does. Oh, I got a strike against this for what? And you know, this was in fair use or I have the rights to use this or whatever it is. And then you have to contest it. And it's a lot of process that no yeah. one, you no want to be able to just get in, make your content and worry about that. And that's all you really want to have to worry about. So just be aware when you're looking for a host, find something that's got uh, an option for unlimited because you don't want to have to worry about, okay, well, what about when I reach my limit? Like, then what? Um, and as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to look into something that's like a recurring subscription, pay for yourself a year if you can afford to. Do a year because then you have one year that you have to like start actually working on stuff. I find a lot of things if it's monthly, it's easy to brush off because you're like, yeah, whatever. It's like five, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is for this month. It's not a huge deal if I don't upload, but if you're like, I paid like $108 for the year, <laughs> like I'm using the service. Yeah, I need to make worth of it. So that's that's the end of my ramble on platforms. But I think I can I can personally recommend Podbean because I've been using it for a while and I really like it. I I cannot personally recommend Anchor, but I'm sure plenty of people could. Yeah. And like and just going back to SoundCloud, I would I would definitely say that I'm with Josh in this one is that if you're if you're in the business of you're trying to build a brand here through your podcast or something like that, like we do, I would not stick with SoundCloud. But if you're still very much in the I'm just doing a podcast to do a podcast, I don't care about branding, SoundCloud is certainly not a bad spot either. So yeah, I feel like those are the three three look three good spots to have. SoundCloud, Anchor, look more look and look more into Anchor because me and Josh, like we said, we have not used it. And Podbean, which me and Josh have used, and we can. And there's plenty it. of other services. Just oh, do be be careful totally. going into it. Make sure you know what rights you're giving up and what rights you retain for your podcast. Read the legal information, even if you if you don't understand it, find someone who can and read it. Have them read it to you. Have them. Like, what I found works really well is that it, they're separated. Legal contracts are separated by sections. Yes. If you scroll down till you find the section that's about like rights and ownership, you just read through that section. You don't need to – there's a lot of stuff that's just there that's generic legal stuff that is pretty much the same blanket statements yeah, across the platforms. Look at all the platforms. big words I can use. There's um, <laughs> stuff that just basically states what different things are. That's why they say like the end user now from here on defined as user and things like that. They're defining their variables basically. Yeah. It's, it's 
very weird, but I'm not a legal professional. Yeah. I just would recommend that you take a glance through it at least and make sure you know what you're getting into. So now you've thought of what you want to do for a podcast. You've got some equipment. You found a place you want to host your web, your your podcast through. And now you're like, well, okay, this is great, but I'm not getting a whole lot of traffic through Podbean directly or through my hosting directly. How do I get out on iTunes? How do I get on Google? How do I get on other platforms? So when you start a podcast through a service, they will give you an RSS feed. For those that don't know, RSS is really simple syndica- uh, syndication. Blech, I can speak. It's <laughs> essentially just a link that they'll give you that you can post into when you go to iTunes to sign up for the iTunes being having your podcast on iTunes, they'll ask for some information. iTunes is a little bit of a hassle to work with um, just because of the way that they do things. I'm actually going to go ahead and bring up my Podbean so I can give you a little bit of a rundown of how you would find it through Podbean. So if I go to Podbean, I go up to my podcast and then there's under settings, feed and iTunes. There's a section where you have all this information to fill out. So there's an iTunes feed ID. There's iTunes author owner, iTunes email. And it's all this stuff I thought was like, oh, this is all things that I'm going to get once iTunes approves my podcast. So you go into your iTunes, you submit your RSS feed, which is usually like whatever your URL would be. Like if you're on Podbean, it's going to be like whatever your account is dot podbean.com backslash feed.xml and that's your rss that's what feeds out and what that does is when you give that to other sites like stitcher TuneIn radio iHeartRadio, itunes google they take that and it allows them to essentially run a live feed directly from your podbean account or whatever hosting you're using so that you post when i publish an episode on podbean it automatically goes out to all those other services i don't have to also go on itunes also go on google also go on iheart it's just it automatically goes out and it's really simple (laughs) really simple syndication (laughs) so weird how that works huh yeah so when you're filling that stuff out what i found is itunes and google run in a similar manner where the as far as Podbean's concerned, you have a page of stuff to fill out for it, and then you can click submit or send to iTunes, whatever it is. And you have to fill out your iTunes author owner name, which for me is just my name, Josh Needham, and then your iTunes email. It's not going to give you an iTunes email. It's just what email are you using? What email are you using to submit this? Um, so just your email. If you do not fill those two things out, you're going to sit there in the pending approval queue forever, forever. <laughs> quite literally, we spent three forever. weeks in the pending approval and we were all sitting there like what is going on why is it not going through what is wrong what do they still need why are they taking forever and then we found out it's because those two things were not filled out and i found it out because of trying to get on google play and google play was like hey you need to fill these things out and i was like oh, oh. <laughs> so i filled them out and all of a sudden boom instant approval for google play and itunes yeah so now you can find us through those and so I wanted to put that out there because if I'm dumb enough to not know that, there's plenty of other people who are going to be in the same boat. Um, and then you get your iTunes feed ID that iTunes gives you. You can pop that in and that helps to feed back into whatever hosting platform you're using. It'll give them like the statistics and stuff to use, which is super duper helpful. So it's a similar process really for Google Play or for iTunes. And a lot of these you can just Google search like uh, submit my podcast to google play submit my podcast to itunes and it'll walk you through the like a step-by-step process for each platform which is really useful 
as far as other sites go, like iHeartRadio, you can, it's the same thing. Submit my podcast too. All you really need to know for those is your RSS feed. As long as you have that, you can submit it to just about anywhere. And I would recommend submitting it to just about anywhere you can possibly get your hands on. Like we made the decision to go on, we're on Google, we're on iTunes, we're on iHeartRadio, which was one of those things that people were like, why bother? It's a dying thing. And I'm like, yeah, but it's another platform. Like there might be people out there who are using it and don't use anything else. And they're going to find us that way. And maybe, you know, if for whatever reason that platform does die, they know we're on other platforms so that, you know, then they can find us elsewhere. It helps to broaden, you know, because no one wants to have to specifically if if I'm talking to someone who's an iPhone user and they listen to all their podcasts through Apple Podcasts and I go, you should listen to my podcast. And they're like, OK, I'll look it up. And I'm like, I'm not on iTunes. though. <laughs> yeah. You have to download Podbean and install that and listen to me there. Then already you've you've lost half yeah, the people that if they don't already have that platform, they're probably not going to download it just for you. So try and like meet people in the middle, meet halfway. Like I'll, I'll bring my podcast to you and you do me a favor and listen to it if it's something you enjoy. So that's how RSS feeds and exporting to things like that works. And once that's down, I mean, you're pretty much set to, I I don't think there's anything else to go. I mean, just big things to remember, maintain consistency Uh and also understand that just because you're on a platform like Podbean or Anchor or SoundCloud or wherever you're at, wherever you're posting up to a lot of them, you know, just because you post there, don't think it's not like YouTube where you're like, I'm just going to post this up and I'll wait and people will discover it eventually, you know, naturally, because half the time people don't just naturally discover things. There's not a lot of people that are going on Podbean going, I'm going to browse whatever's going on on podcasts. I know I don't. I find things because of either social media or because of other podcasts I'm listening to. So when it comes to promotion, we did an entire episode on self-promotion in season one of AV Underground. But you can link through, at least through Podbean, you can link a Twitter account, a Facebook page, and in, uh, not an Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, WordPress, all that kind of stuff so that it, it feeds out. And then when you publish a new episode, it'll automatically send a tweet. It'll send a Facebook post. Uh, it'll publish to your website. It'll send, it'll like make a YouTube something about it. I don't entirely know how the YouTube end of it works. I don't do that because personally I feel like podcasts just don't belong on YouTube, but that's, that's me. That's a personal thing. There's plenty of people that could argue that with me. That's just, that's me. So, but there's plenty of ways. Make sure you link whatever social media you can so that it's, it's getting out there in the world. You know, tell people about your podcast. Yeah. You know, I always tell family, friends, whoever, if it's something I think they're going to be interested in. Again, we've said it before with the self-promotion. Like, don't expect everyone in your friends and family group to be interested in what you're doing because it's what you're doing. Like, if it's not content they're interested in, it's not content they're interested in. It is how it That's is. okay. They can still be your friend. So... <sighs> or you can just get rid of all your friends. That works too. Yeah, just get rid of your friends. Who just needs them? Screw them. <laughs> so... But that's my last thing is uh, um, make sure to promote yourself. Like let people know what you do. Yeah. And my, my last thing is just going back to what I said at the start is like throughout all this process, don't feel like you can't change what you have like that. Cause like that's the number one thing I realized through me was I had an idea of what I wanted my podcast to be, blah, blah, blah. And then I recorded the first few episodes and it wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And I was getting frustrated and I was like, I don't think I can do this. And it really became a matter of not that I don't think I can do this, but why don't I change it? Why don't I try something new? And like, that's just my number one thing is like, I feel like when you're going through this process, especially when you're someone who's never done it before, 
you feel like once you get comfortable with certain things, you don't want to change it because then you're asking for more to be more uncomfortable. And just my thing is don't be afraid of it, especially when you're just starting out. Don't be afraid of what makes you uncomfortable, especially when you're just starting out, because that's the whole point is you're learning, you're, you're gaining. And then it just came into don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid. If you, I'm not saying like, if you're a sports podcast, you should become a cooking podcast, but I'm uh, you, you understand what I'm saying is don't be afraid to change the little things. Don't be afraid to add, add new theme music, or maybe, maybe instead of cutting out things out of context, you, maybe you cut out your whole first part. I don't know. I, that's my whole point here is don't be afraid to change what you want to change for your podcast. Cause it's yours. And it's meant to be a reflection of you and what you want your content to be. Yeah. Other than that, I got nothing. I got, I feel like, I feel like this episode went a lot better than I'm going to be honest. I felt like a lot better than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. I was I, again with the, don't be afraid to try new things. Like this is something that the how to format is different or it's, it's new for us. We mostly new. just, you know, sit around and talk about the struggles and hardships of a content creator and what it's like when you're starting out. And this is the first episode where you've decided like, let's give people a uh, maybe not fully in-depth comprehensive, but like our basic outline of how to start something. And we have other episodes of how-tos that we want to do that are going to be coming throughout the season. I'm not going to tell you every episode is going to be that because it's not the case. We're still going to be doing like interviews. We're still going to be just sitting around shooting the shit, but we're going to try and get more into some of these how-tos. And those are going to evolve as we get feedback from people. Like maybe someone's like, yeah, your podcast episode was really good, but like, what about these? What about this thing that has to do with podcasting that I'm still wondering? And then we go, oh shoot, we didn't even think of that. And so then we can come back and you know, think about that going forward. Like, okay, well, I mean, we need to make sure that we include these things for people because that's something that our listeners want. But yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to to make changes. Don't feel like, you know, if you're two episodes in or even 12 episodes in or 20 episodes in, don't feel like I can't make changes because everyone's going to complain. It's a lot of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And a lot of people that I've been talking to lately about starting a YouTube channel say the same thing. They're like, if you're starting a YouTube channel, do a bunch of crazy stuff. And eventually you're going to find the one video that people like really resonate with. F- figure out what you did with that, what it was that they stuck to, whether it's like a game you played or a style you used or a subject that you covered. Just cling to that and ride it to the top. Like, yeah. there you go. That's there your, you go. You that's your thing now. That's your niche. Um but yeah, do whatever you want to do. I mean, it's your creation and that's the best part of it. Like bring yourself into your creation, make it a part of you and have fun with it. That's the biggest thing is have fun with it. And we're here to help. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you again next Tuesday with another episode. It's episode two of season two. It's going to be weird. I haven't done anything in seasons yet. So yeah, this is new for me too. So I hope you guys enjoyed our first episode of season two of AV Underground. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Keep creating. Later. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. To find out more about our guests this week, check the links in the description. Our intro music is Nine to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting Culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.